Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 29. Uh, Ryan is not here for some strange reason. I guess he has a mom or something on Mother's Day. Uh, so I'm joined by James. Oh, uh, something about uh, leather outfits and whips. I, after he started talking, I, I just tend to zone out. You know, that, that makes perfect sense, actually. He tried to come on to me like that, too. It was really weird. Hey, however he chooses to celebrate Mother's Day, I'm not judging him. I, get, I mean, he does have that dog, so I guess he technically is a mother. Well... Besides the point, so here on the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games that we've picked up, games that we are currently playing, and of course our and inflation. games that Ryan will never finish. That, that is also true. Oh, and the news. We talk about the news. And of course, our inflation deflation. Absolutely. Uh, which this week is interesting because it's a culmination of different games within a series that we decided to go ahead and uh, finalize, I guess. So we've played, what, probably five or six games in this game series that we'll discuss in a moment. Absolutely. The weird part is, like, the more I think about it, um, since we it, since we recently ignited our passion for playing it, I started thinking about, you know, I've got this on PS2 and original Xbox and PS1, etc., and I never touch them. It was the strangest thing for such an awesome game series. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be something cool, and uh, of course, you're more than welcome to try and skip ahead if I did not put anything within the actual YouTube or podcast that says click here to get to this part of the uh, recording. Um, I hope I didn't butcher that intro. Ryan typically does it. So, Oh, I totally butchered it for you. Yeah, you totally did. I was, I was almost there and you just screwed me over. So you're trying uh, to go for it. Let me see if I can do it. Um, how's it go? Games. We, what now? Oh, okay. Well now we're going to go through recent pickups. You've, you've missed your time. In the sun, it's it's done. Games we picked up, games that we're currently playing, and games that make me talk like this. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, you got See. it. Okay. So recent pickups. Uh, I'll go ahead and start because mine is easy. I actually didn't pick anything up this week. Uh, hectic week dealing with vet bills and such, so didn't have an opportunity to. However, um, did watch a few trailers. I am very interested in picking up Plague Tale on my mm-hmm. PS4, and I'm also very interested in Biomutant. So Plague Tale, I'll uh, talk a little bit about that really quick and kind of the what I'm seeing with it. It feels in a sense similar to like an eco in the puzzle component of it. Mm-hmm. It has a vibe of a Senua sacrifice in that you're in this crazy... Uh, black plague filled world and trying to escape and a lot of the gruesome scenes that are involved in it are very reminiscent of uh, Senua's Sacrifice and then it also feels like Dishonored in a sense because it does have that black plague type of feel Mm -hmm. but there's also the idea of having different weapons and different things that you utilize and have at your disposal so that's kind of my impression of it so far I'm gonna want to see some more gameplay but I'm really intrigued by that game in particular i would say it also has a very much uh a last of us type feel to it because of i wouldn't say so much there are obviously cooperative parts for puzzles and things like that there's a lot of stealth and hiding uh, but essentially it's uh, essentially the girl protecting her little brother and trying to get him across the land while they're being hunted um but i remember reading about it in game informer i think last month and i was like you know it sounds kind of interesting i had forgotten about it until john brought it up and they actually have a full-blown trailer for it so i would absolutely say check it out the trailer is rather long um but the game looks beautiful it looks very very intriguing and when i say it very much reminded me of the last of us i mean that in the story aspect of the you know which was obviously the best part of the last of us yeah, for sure, man. Uh, it Like I said, it's definitely piqued my attention, and I am certainly interested in, uh, in definitely picking that up. I think it's released May 14th, so my pickup time frame would likely be September to October when I can get it on sale. <laughs> So <laughs> absolutely, games come out so yeah. fast nowadays; it's crazy. Well, I just saw you know Kingdom Hearts three. We waited like ten plus years to get this oh, yeah. game, and then Cheap Ass Gamer has it for thirty dollars already. Yep, it's been out for four months. Like, oh, dude, Mortal Kombat eleven is already forty bucks uh, here and there. Oh, seriously? Yeah, which wow. is not too uncommon. Oh, Soul Calibur five or six or whatever the hell it is was uh, twenty bucks last week. Interesting. Um, yeah, which that one I almost hopped on, but I. I read that they essentially changed the, uh, they added a combat system and essentially makes it very much rock, paper, scissors. So it's really, it changes the combat to be basically a matter of waiting for your opponent to attack and just knowing what to counter with. That makes it very formulaic and boring is what I read, unfortunately. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I've been a big fan of the Soul Calibur series. Obviously, 
uh, kicked your ass when we played a little bit of Soul Calibur. Was it three or four? Two. Two? No, no, we played some three and four as well, I think. No, we played Soul Calibur 2. I have a HD version on my PS3. Oh, well, then you're very lucky we didn't play the other yeah, ones. Yeah, you beat me pretty well because I have literally have not played Soul Calibur in so many years. Yeah, same here, same here. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, Speaking of my of recent pickups, I actually, something I tend to beat John's living, the living shit out of John at, I actually finally picked up Street Fighter uh, 30th Anniversary Edition for my PS4. I think um, I think beat the living shit. I mean, is actually a um, that's not the right terminology. It's, like it, it's much can, worse than that. Oh yeah, if you imagine uh, like a, a full grown man just punting a fucking toddler across a football field, it's more like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about and then spiking after the fact. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's to make up for any time that we play Smash Brothers. To be fair. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because I'm I'm much better at that one too. I think. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I never play Smash, but um. It finally caught my attention, one, because it finally dropped to $20, two, because my Gamers Club Unlocked discount is running out. It'll expire in July, I believe. And honestly, once I saw that it actually includes the original Street Fighter, which honestly is a pretty terrible game, and I'll probably make you guys play it for a crappy game challenge, uh, it does include all versions, uh, including Alpha 1 through 3, Street Fighter 3, Double Impact, Third Strike, unless they condensed it down to Third Strike, I'm not sure, but... Also, they have two, you know, two turbo, two super turbo, which honestly, I have iterations of all these, you know, from the uh, the 25th anniversary edition collection for my PS3 and things like that. But I was like, you know what? It's really cool. Plus, it has the options that I could play Alpha 3 online and get my ass kicked by everyone else in the world and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, honestly, man, Street Fighter has not been a series that I've enjoyed over the years. It's just not not my cup of tea in terms of fighting games. Just oh yeah, have not enjoyed it's, it. um, it's something I picked up when I got my first Super Nintendo when I was a kid, and uh, I was really bad at it because it was something completely new and complex that I didn't quite understand. And then um, I actually got a, an old Game Pro strategy guy for it back in the day that gave a better explanation of how to do combos and strategies. And I actually started really investing in it, and I started getting a lot, lot better. Unfortunately, by the time I reached my peak at being great at, which is around the time of Capcom versus SNK2, um, there was no real online play, and I didn't live in a city that had like a, a real FGC community or tournaments or anything, uh, which would have been really cool. Because uh, one of my fondest memories is uh, standing in a GameStop playing Capcom versus SNK on Dreamcast, and I'm just fucking running the line. Like, I'm, you know, we used to say, uh, you know, winner stays, loser pays, but. Since it was uh, essentially a demo kiosk, but I'm literally just standing there for 20 minutes while these guys just keep shuffling up and I'm fucking just kicking their asses. It was a cold memory, which would be, I would be one of the poor bastards getting his ass kicked nowadays, but still. Well, I guess when we get older, we lose a lot of that uh, hand-eye coordination on games, so makes oh, sense. Oh, 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 wait, who got the most lines in Tetris earlier? You know what, That that's on who, your who, who's laggy... Who's won the most rounds in Poyo Poyo Tetris so far? Actually, me on that one. Oh, no, 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 sir. I think you're mistaken. I think we need to go back to that one. Uh, no, you and your input lag, Retron 5, playing my Tetris DX. Dude, I've hit like oh, 400,000 points on that bad boy. That is your cheap-ass TV. Ah, well. I have played plenty of games on my Retron, and they never felt like that. All right. Well. Oh, yes. I'm supposed to be talking about games I'm interested in. Yes. almost forgot. There is uh, a newish game. Apparently, it came out back in April or so. Uh, called Mordha or Mordha or Mordhau, however you choose to pronounce it. I would say it looks like everything that For Honor was meant to be. Honestly, it's uh, like a first-person shooter with uh, has a battle battle royale mode. It has a conquest type mode. Uh, anyone who plays Battlefield will know what conquest is. I can't remember what's called in Call of Duty, uh, but essentially it's a mode where you have to capture certain points on the map. But it's actually full medieval, like you're fighting with halberds and axes and swords and you can do first person or third person you have bow and arrows um you have um i can't remember the proper name for them so we'll just call them catapults even though it's not right trebuchets uh trebuchets and try to seize the castle and it looks really pretty awesome game ranks actually did a before you buy on it and i would recommend checking that out uh it looks really cool if i wasn't very busy with other things in life i would definitely like to pick it up and start playing but I any kind of game like that that I tend to enjoy I've sunk a, I sink a lot of hours into so if you were to look at my playtime for like Call of Duty World War Two it's kind of staggering when I go back and look it's like holy shit 193 hours or 210 hours or whatever 
over the course of my weekends and stuff like that. So that's brutal. Um, so we'll get to another trailer here in a minute. I definitely want to touch on what we're currently playing, and then we'll kind of dip into news, and then uh, we'll we'll segue from a, a trailer into the overall news. Uh, so the first thing, uh, I guess, what I'm playing currently is uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Still, that is a um, as I've said before. I'm going to bed, I'm going to lay down and play a game and just spend maybe three, four minutes just kind of hammering through until I die, which tends to be pretty quick. And for whatever reason, I tend to fall asleep much faster now. It's like, oh, I really want to play this game. No, we're going to have you fall asleep in two minutes, brain. So that's that's where I'm at, but I've played it a few more times. I've been level grinding recently, so going through, killing a few enemies, coming back to the save spawn point, or our, the altar, I guess, is what it is in this one. And, um, yeah, just leveling up, increasing my ability tree, and hopefully I can uh, really dig deep into that game in the next week or so. Absolutely. Um, I did start playing Salt and Sanctuary on PC a long while back, and I was I was so busy with running my own business and things like that that I just, I had a real, I, I honestly, I used to pull a Ryan. Like, I would start to play games all the time, and I would just never come back to them. Well, I've pulled Ryans all the time, but I typically come back, I think, it might have been you and I recording, or it might have been me and Ryan, but uh, Final Fantasy VII is a game that I actually got to the very end, got to where Sephiroth was, and there was a glitch that would not allow me to exit the cave. It, oh, I God. could not exit it at any point. And so I didn't have knights around, I didn't have double slot, I had nothing. It was just one of those situations oh, where... Oh, that would have been brutal. Yeah, it was my first playthrough. Um, I'm probably level 63, 64. I don't have all of the materia I would potentially need to uh to move forward in the game definitely not at the level that i should have been and i'm like all right let's go ahead and says would you like to use this rope to go up yeah i'd love to use this rope nope we're not gonna let you use this rope so i pretty much had no choice but to start fresh and um i went ahead and started fresh played through got to that point and i don't know what had happened but i just stopped playing Mm -hmm. for four or five years Four or five years, I picked it back up later. I said, oh, look, I can get out of the cave now. I'm going to go get the golden chocobo. I'm going to get knights around. I'm going to get, you know, everything leveled up that I could possibly get leveled up. And, of course, the I'm final battle was X nothing. magic or whatever it was. It lets you just cast it over and over or twice per character. Or Dude, whatever. I don't even remember what I ended up doing. All I know is I had, like, four times slash on every character. Uh, I had omni slash by disc one. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have actually worked on getting Aerith's, uh, you know, her ability. Uh, but that didn't happen. So... Yeah. yeah, one of those for me is uh, actually Kingdom Hearts 2. Way back in the day on the PS2, um, like I hundred per technically hundred percented Kingdom Hearts one. I found every fucking Dalmatian. I got the, the actually at the time really cool secret ending. Um, I did the same thing. <clears throat> pardon me. Did the same thing with Kingdom Hearts 2. Went through and was kind of so tired of it, especially having to revisit the planets. I did not beat Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts 2 because I was just like after several tries and seeing his health bar, I was just like fuck this noise but um i got all the way to the end i was in the second phase of the uh the fight with what's his name xenohort or whatever he calls himself in that game and uh he beat me pretty badly i was really high level and i think pretty good at the game and i just kind of never went back to it i it's been woo, 10 15 year long time and i just well i never finished it and i'm okay with it has it been out that long kingdom hearts 2 yeah oh yeah dude yeah that came out in like my mid-20s or so 2003 or 2004 you sure yeah man a long time ago i'm gonna look this up yeah i'd say around 0405 hearts too but while you're looking that up since uh you brought up final fantasy 7 i'm assuming by now everyone saw the trailer with uh, some of the gameplay 2005 by the way 2005 see i was right 2005 and uh me personally i'm a little worried about the voice actors hopefully those are not the final voice actors you know actually i'm not disappointed with i actually thought it was pretty decent you know, when I heard Barrett at first, it grated on my nerves for about a second. I remembered. I was like, no, no, no. That's how he actually talks in the game. So that's... Cloud is the only one that I'm kind of like, eh. And I guess Sephiroth, too. Like, I heard Sephiroth. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I would anticipate him to be a little more cunning. He didn't yeah. sound as cunning. Uh, Cloud, I def- it sounds like the voice actor from Final Fantasy XV that did Noctis. I don't know why. That voice just kind of stuck in my head while listening. It might be. I'm not sure. I was actually thinking, well, not in that exact term, but I was 
watching the combat and saw that they look like they're going to keep with the traditional turn-based combat, but I thought it'd be pretty cool if they actually integrate an option that you could play a Final Fantasy 15 style or switch back to the standard turn-based. That's what I thought it was, a Final Fantasy 15 style. No, it looked like they're all more or less standing in place with their life bars and stuff. Just a, a better view of everything. Um, I would also point out that I just read earlier, it is still going to be episodic. And they're stating the reason that they're going to release it in chunks is to actually ensure the quality of the game. They said if they try to complete it all at once, they'll kind of end up with what happened with Final Fantasy XV, that technically it's not the complete game. It is the complete game as far as, <clears throat> pardon me, when we play it, but as far as their vision of what they wanted to do with XV, it isn't the whole thing. And that's essentially why they're saying that's why they're going to do seven episodes because they don't want to skimp or half-ass anything. Also, they don't want to miss out on the extra money, well, obviously. How's that going to work, though, in terms of, you know, you're, you're leveling up? I mean, are we looking at it from a component of like a disc base where I guess if you think about it... End of disc one. Yeah, episode end of disc one. one. Yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking. So it'd be episode one, so it would, it would end right at where disc one would typically have ended mm -hmm. and then you got to wait for episode two which if that's the case you should be allowed to obviously hit certain parts of the world yeah. get certain things like omni slash get eris's you know mm -hmm. her uh limit break and everything um yeah i mean it thinking about it from an episodic standpoint it won't impact anything gameplay wise as far as like what i remember playing as a mm -hmm. kid but for i guess younger gamers can be like what the hell is this why am i waiting for episode two why am i waiting for episode three when you know having the ability to put in disc one disc two disc three uh you know but to that standpoint though is like how long are we going to wait between episodes i would say a lot of modern gamers are kind of getting accustomed to it because a lot of games are released episodically like uh you know the walking dead by telltales life is strange was released in episodes yeah but we're talking like six months to a year these are released within each other i mean are do we truly trust the organization that brought us kingdom hearts 3 10 years after the fact oh hell and final no. fantasy 15 literally like 15 years after the fact no within this... one year time frames i doubt it man like, no uh, square enix is a company that has done things such as cancel what looked uh, sh was shaping up to be a fucking amazing return to the legacy of kane series if y'all have never seen it Look up Legacy of Kane Dark Sun. There is a lot of completed cutscenes and things that you can watch um, that was a continuation after uh, Legacy of Kane Defiance where uh, a vampire actually willfully becomes a soul reaver. And it looked fucking amazing. And Square's just like, you know what? This is like two-thirds of the way done, but we don't think we're going to make any money off it. Can that shit? And the same thing they're doing it to... Uh, Unless they changed their minds, but I believe they were saying the same thing about Dragon Quest. The, you know, the longest-running RPG series, longer than Final Fantasy, actually bigger in Japan than Final Fantasy. And they're just like, you know what? We're not making enough money. Fuck it. Well, I, I, think, I think part of that is they're not making enough money here in the U.S. They're looking at, do we just do it from a Japan release standpoint? Which, even yeah. then, it, they're not going to make enough money because... You know, what are you going to do? Just microtransaction a hell out of it? Uh, they actually might. When you're bringing up the, the idea about is technically each disc, and by the way, for any of y'all have not played the original, we're not talking about like the modern HD. Well, you can't see it, but I'm saying HD. What you drop? Uh, oh, that was my water. water HD bottle. with the uh, quote marks. Versions of it, there is actually, it comes on three discs on the PlayStation 1. The first disc is pretty, pretty lengthy. You get to explore a good bit of the world. Um, and it, you would get to a certain point in the story and it finally, okay, you know, you just completed this obvious story part, please save your game, insert disc two. Disc two, more or less same amount of the world, a little bit more open, but there was more cutscenes and like interior bases. Disc three was really barely anything. Disc three was basically the end of the game. So I could definitely see them using, if they went that route, using the disc three areas, um, to really fill out with all the extra cool shit they could be doing. Um, I do think that if they do pretty well with it they may pull a like final fantasy 7 the after years like they did with final fantasy 4 um because spoilers ahead which i'm going to try to not spoil much for anyone anyone who's beat final fantasy 7 and seen the ending um kind of gets a, a glimpse of you know what the world was like after of course we've had movies like advent children and uh i think they're just cerberus takes place before seven doesn't it uh, I believe so, yeah. It should be. Yeah, you know, so I've actually not played that game now that I think about it. Yeah, they could do that. They could do um 
things like take uh oh, what was the one on PSP where you played as you know you know who because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone who hasn't played the game. Um, instead, you know, before Cloud comes along, I forget the name of it. I don't know, but I just realized I don't own Dirge of Cerberus. Really? On yeah. PS2? It's not that hard to come and buy. I know. I just don't own it. Huh. You know, think about it. I got to check C5 on it. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. I was just, just like, I don't own Gauntlet 2. What the hell? I, I did want to bring up those. So, uh, spoiler alerts ahead. So, uh, skip ahead the next, like, two minutes. Um, I would love it if in a scene where Sephiroth stabs Eris in the back, if all of a sudden on screen... That's right. We fucking said Eris. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. So, isn't it? It's Eris in uh, the U.S. and Aerith in Japan. Okay, so I'm not wrong in any case. Nope. Um, so I'm going to just intermediately say Aerith and Eris throughout the rest of this podcast. <laughs> so uh, Aerith, uh, when she gets stabbed in the back, or Sephiroth stabs Eris in the back of the back. Um, skewers are like a meatball. I'm just going to keep doing it. So, um, yeah, basically skewers are. At that point, I would love to see microtransaction. <laughs> at that point, comes up and it says, for $14.99 download Eris's backstory and then you can just download and play her backstory so the entire time we pay $15 to just see how she collects flowers and exactly how, and then it ends like you go through this whole thing of just picking flowers and her little you know nice story out in the wilderness and out in her little cabin and all of a sudden she comes up the cloud and hands him the flower and then it just restarts the whole game Yep. 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 That'd be great. That would uh, be funny. And of course, uh, alternate endings. So we'll have, you know, for five ninety nine, you can download this alternate ending of Final Fantasy VII. Give me the ending where you fucking lose to Sephiroth or you dick around too long and he really does destroy the world and becomes... Well, technically... Anyways, we're still within a two-minute spoiler. Spoiler, he does, but still... Um, like really destroys it. Hey, speaking of, if I'm gonna ruin Final Fantasy for everyone, hey, anybody hasn't played Final Fantasy VI or finished it at least halfway through? Nope, nope. Skip. What? You uh, can't. No, really. I, I have not finished it. It's like halfway through the game. This happens. No, I'm not. I probably didn't okay, get halfway fine. through the game. Yeah, it, I, I will not ruin it for you because that is still my final favorite Final Fantasy to this day. Yeah, I, that's one of those that I just never did get into, uh, unfortunately. Um, I tried replaying it a while back before I left Florida, and uh, I was playing the Game Boy Advance version, which is it's a good translation of the Super Nintendo version. I just forgot how annoying it is to grind out the magic. Looks like that's one of the reasons I haven't gone back to Final Fantasy 7 is I remember grinding out the ma the magic from the materia and I was like, I don't want to do that again. That that shit is really grindy. Yeah, definitely uh is pretty grindy. So, enjoy when people start playing that. Um well, there's so your microtransaction right there. Exactly. Like, Pay to unlock this spell right now. And while <laughs> and uh, yeah, right, make it easier to play the game. And while they we're might on actually that topic, get my money for that. <laughs> That's true. And while we're on that topic, um, there is a member of Congress that is looking to push an anti-microtransaction and loot box bill in Indeed. the Senate. It, I uh, am very interested in wanting to keep up with this. Um, I forget the guy's name. I think it was uh, Hawkins or something uh, out of Missouri. And he is looking to introduce a bill which would obviously ban uh, microtransactions because it is technically a form of gambling. And so they reference numerous statistics uh, such as gambling numbers going up to 50 billion in the next three years. And uh, they also tie in that, you know, games like Candy Crush, where it's a free game and you can download X amount of items for up to even $150 to play the game and uh, how that is really impacting different people out there. Absolutely. It looks like it is Senator Josh Hawley from uh, Missouri. If I'm not pronouncing your name correctly, you're not listening to our podcast anyway, so... Or is he? Or is he? Yeah. Could he be a sponsor? Hashtag not a sponsor. Hashtag could be a sponsor. Hashtag keep Brian is cringing as he listens to this episode. Hashtag keep listening, Josh. You might like, uh, like to hear what we have to say. Yeah, that's true. All right, go on, James. Um, I actually agree with it. I, I fully believe there needs to be something a little stronger in place. But years ago, at age 18, 19, whatever, working at Hollywood Video... You'd be amazed the number of times that mom walks up with Grand Theft Auto 3 for fucking little 70-year-old Jimmy over there. And I'm just like, uh, ma'am, you know this is a mature game. And because of violence, prostitution, you know, et cetera, whatever I could actually get away with saying without getting in trouble at work. And they were just like, eh, whatever. He plays it all the time. I was like, uh, so I... Um I have a good story because I obviously used to work in a, in a game store mm -hmm. and we were selling, you know, San Andreas and all this other stuff. But the location that we uh, 
uh, sold it in was... In the ghetto. Yeah, I mean, it was. And uh, I just remember distinctly, um, this little boy comes up to the counter and he tells his mom, hey, I want this game. She's like, all right, baby, I'll get it for you. And so uh, she slaps on the counter. I look at her and go, ma'am, you you are aware of what this game is, right? Oh, yeah, you said you just, you know, uh, run around and there's police cars and such and he's driving, right? And I'm like, well, "Well, I said, unless you want your son to be picking up prostitutes and killing them for cash and picking up drugs and running drug deals, um, I'd suggest uh, you probably don't pick this one up for him. She's like, what? Looks over at him, smacks him on the face, (laughs) beats his butt, and he's crying saying, I want the game. She's like, no, now you're not getting anything because you lied to me. Walks out of the store. I'm like, man, I just lost on a $20 transaction. That sucks. And we were low on sales at that point in time. So, um, that, that was a funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was funny in the sense of like, you know, how it all kind of played out. The mom just didn't know. And it's like, you know, I'm trying to do my due diligence, say probably shouldn't get this for him. And and that ends up happening. So I think the microtransactions are a huge part of it. You know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. We have those mature games that kids Mm -hmm. are trying to get. Now it's, I'm trying to convince mom and dad to get me this new skin for this character in Apex Legends or Fortnite or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And it's costing parents tons of money versus why don't you just pick them up a single player game? Absolutely. And the reason we brought up and told you those two stories like that is because part of that bill is proposing to actually put a label on these games saying that it includes microtransactions or loot boxes or uh, things of that nature. Kind of the same as in like when you download an application for free, it says in-app purchases and advertising. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a great idea and that uh, it makes it a little more enforceable uh, because I know... Uh, as far as I know, the e- ESRB is not enforced by law. It's actually usually corporate policies that say, like, hey, you, we're not going to sell uh, an MA-17 game to anyone under 17, which I think is a great practice. Which is kind of, uh, God, man, you're, you're bringing back horrible memories of me wanting to play Agony because it had an NA, or a, <laughs> you know, a 17 rating on there. And yeah, or no, the uh, AO, AO rating. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's no, it's not, you're thinking movies. Yeah, same yeah, idea. You're thinking NC-17. But yeah, no, it had an AO rating, and uh, they were going to release on consoles. So I'm like, nope, we're not going to support this. Like, the consoles just said, we're not going to release this game on our consoles as an AO. You got to drop things down, which sucked. Which is crazy, because I remember when Conker's Bad Fur-, Fur Day was the first AO game. And even that, to today's standards, is like, whoa. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. yeah, the Mortal Kombat fatalities from 9 onward just put that to shame. I mean, especially since a lot of it was just profanity and uh, insinuated. It wasn't actual full-on sex acts and things like that that do exist in a lot of games nowadays. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at you. Uh, what's her name? From, uh, oh, Ivy on Soul Calibur. Looking at you oh, with, good those, grief. with yeah. those sex acts. Yeah, raping you with her sword. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of something needs to be done about the loot box scenario, especially... Um, with the younger children because there are many, many people that have addictive personality traits and it will it will blossom in different ways. Some people get addicted to alcohol. Some people get addicted to gambling. Some people get addicted to collecting games. Shh. Nah. Anyhow. No, no, nobody needs to know that. Yeah, yeah, that, we're, we're, we're joking, but we're not joking. Like, we're not addicted, but it is definitely a thing. But and kind of. um Okay, John might still be. Uh, dude, I'm, you're looking literally you at a... You can quit sh- anytime you want? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I could sell everything. Not. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a full wall of games, and then just look down to your right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been there. There's just a pile of games that have no shelf space. Uh, I've been where you were, John, or where you are, but um, it's that risk-reward thing that uh, it does to our brains, especially in... Say, any immature uh, individual, you know, children, it's they're very, very susceptible to it. We've used it in advertising for years from the the small, silly things such as, you know, the serial mascots are always like, you know, positions to their eyes or looking at the child and make, you know, meet them eye level. It's because those ads are great. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the episode of South Park with Stan where he gets addicted to that mobile game is probably the best breakdown I've ever seen where. Um, yeah, where he literally summons Satan and Satan like breaks down the brain chemistry is like, you know, your endorphins go up and this happens. And when you come back down, all you want to, it's a very similar to, to drug addiction. And, uh, and personally, I think I would rather have $80 games than have bullshit loot boxes and bullshit microtransactions or forced difficulty, <clears throat> more combat 11, um, situations that, 
that really encourage you just to spend the money. And this is not something new. There have been many games around from years. Like um, a coworker had asked my opinion on it, and I even point out things like I used to play D and D online when, back when it was Stormreach. And at a certain point, because as D and D, it becomes a real pain and it has to level up. But what they did was they made it a lot more lot more rare to get any better equipment so every weekend or every day they'd run a special like oh if you spend real world money you'll get this 30 percent xp boost for the weekend or if you spend more money we'll get you this plus one mace or this plus two axe or whatever you know things like that that although don't give you an advantage against other players it incentivizes you to actually pay real money to keep this going and to be fair those were freemium games those were purely free games and then it was a good quality game at the time so i can see to some degree them needing to supplement then there's other games uh um such as nasgoth that i did play for a little while where it actually was based in legacy legacy of kane series it was an arena combat game where you were you're either playing vampire hunters or vampires of different classes. Oh, I remember that game. That actually looked pretty badass. Yeah, it was a lot of fun up until they started introducing the same microtransactions. Like, oh, you can unlock this class, or you can unlock this attack, or, oh, we'll give you this uh, XP boost, or this attack boost for this period of time, and that is what ruined the game. Um, but technically, those aren't loot boxes, but it's not really any different. Those were just geared toward adults, but now we're seeing the experience where the randomization of it is and they're going to say it on the bill i'm sure when they're arguing it's really no different than the effect of playing a slot machine and things like that well it pretty much is the equivalent of that from a digital standpoint i mean you can buy this box right now and it'll be you know it's like insert your your amount of tokens okay so i'm going to insert 50 tokens mm -hmm. and guess what you have a chance of winning this like that's a, it's a slot machine that's really oh, what it, it amounts very to. much is and there's right ways and wrong ways to do it uh call of duty world war ii when i was playing it they did have the options where you could buy cod coin and then use that to just straight up purchase stuff but what they actually did most of the time is say some new dlc pack came out and it has this new cool gun that no one has you could either use cod coin to get it you could possibly get lucky as hell and get it in a random loot drop because they would just give you random crates which are mostly just gun skins and trinkets but they would also have these the quartermaster challenges and the uh the the gunnery sergeant sergeant challenges it would be stuff like all right go get 10 headshots of the shotgun within four hours or go win five matches of this and stuff like that and those would usually give you like more loot boxes or little boosts and things like that but a lot of times it was like hey if you do these you will get to unlock this gun within a certain limited time like they would have that special running for a week or something like that so I felt that was a little more fair. Like if I didn't necessarily go buy that DLC pack for the maps, I could still unlock this gun just by doing a little hard work to earn it. Yeah, and uh, you know, you've seen the type of games that I play, and I've pretty much steered away from all microtransaction-based games as much as I can, like the plague. I just yeah. try to stay away from them. And it's it's one thing. It's I just don't play a lot of online games anymore outside of you know like a Souls game. So hopefully. Um, what is it? Some of these other games kind of similar like uh, a Sekido or other games like that will have that ability. But um, start, yeah, just... start imagining this. Uh, one of my pet peeves is a lot of the newer Nintendo games that, especially Super Mario Brothers, you die in that level five or ten times in a row. It pops up that box like, hey, you want us to just do this for you? Now imagine that. But it's like, hey, if you want to get past this level for you, pay us two bucks. Yep. And uh, I'm completely against that. So I'm actually really crossing my fingers at this bit. Excuse me. I'm hoping that this bill actually passes, um, per, you know, provided that there's not anything under, you know, under the bill that we're not aware of at this point. So, you know, uh, stricter rules on the creation of games that have like a mature rating, that type of stuff. So mm -hmm. um, I, that's where I'm at right now. But I definitely do hope it passes uh, to get out of the loot box components so we can get into, um, you know, further on the podcast here. You had brought up the Apex Legends, which obviously has, I think, loot mm -hmm. boxes and such as well. Oh, yeah. Um, ha is starting to temp ban people that are sitting back and, um, you know, trying to gain experience, but not really contributing to the overall game. And what's interesting, what I, I thought about when you mentioned that, is if that's a game that 
is free and relies on things like microtransactions and loot boxes, when you gain experience, I would imagine that's another way that you can get certain items, right? Mm -hmm. You can purchase items by gaining experience. So by temp banning some of these people, those are individuals that are like, you know what? I don't want to pay money to have to get certain items. I want to just gain the experience and I want to be able to get certain items. And while, you know, I... While I hate individuals that do that type of thing, what's really happening is the team behind Apex Legends saying, you know what, if you're not going to attempt to gain experience and you're just going to utilize this as a way to pretty much get in-game currency or whatever it may be without having to do anything, we're going to ban you. So you have to actually purchase things. Yeah, the actual term is uh, is piggybacking because it is, uh, anyone's looked or played Apex Legends know it's all team-based. So it's not just like you're on your own. You would actually join in on a team because that's how it's designed. And then you just go hide or fuck off or whatever. And when your team wins or gets enough kills, you're also benefiting from the XP. And so that's what they're aiming to do is they want to, you know, temp ban people like, all right, kick them out for 24 or 48 hours or whatever. And they're only focusing on the people that are doing exactly that, that they're literally doing nothing in the game. They're not contributing to that team combat. And that's why I think, that's actually kind of great because that's not one of those games like for example uh fantasy star online that was one of those games where or even dark souls for that matter but fantasy star online is a good example that you could join up with a group you're the newbie or whatever or i guess world of warcraft as well but the group goes out starts killing all these tough enemies well hey you just hang out over there you're gonna get our trickle down xp from this so we can help build you up faster um, but this is not that. This is more of, hey, this is, you know, Battle Royale, you know, immediate combat game where people are literally going in there and actually hampering the other players on that team because they're not contributing. They're not doing anything. Yeah, that makes more sense for sure. And I'm definitely a fan of that. Um, I guess what I could see is if they started tempaining people for minor things like, well, you didn't get enough kills in this match or you oh, yeah, died too many times. Like That's that, what I thought it was when I saw the title till I read it because I was like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to temp ban me because I suck rather than like put me back in the newbie pool or something? Exactly. Um, well, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Apex Legends and I know you probably don't play it either. So. I've yet to play it. Yeah. Do you have anything else on Apex Legends that people care to hear about? Uh, Not really because uh, I never played PUBG. I played Fortnite for all three hours and realized it just wasn't for me. All these games that keep cramming Battle Royale versions into the games honestly do not interest me whatsoever. Oh, Fallout Even more. 76. Oh, God. Them too. What about them? Though they have one a battle royale mode. Yeah, Fallout seventy six. Isn't that like a open world battle royale type of thing? No. No, you die, you start over. You know, it's basically like an open world fallout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I guess. even Mordha there has a battle battle royale style game, but to me that shit gets old quick because I mean, like, all right, you die, you gotta play it it the whole battle royale thing feeds off the same idea as the loot boxes. It's the the excitement, that cycle of uh, the high and the low over and over. Yeah, and that's why so many people were playing PUBG and Fortnite and things like that. Yeah, I have no and, interest. Yeah, luckily I'm just not one of those people. Like, I'm not big on drinking or I don't give a shit about gambling. I've gone to casinos and was bored out of my skull. Um, so I consider that a blessing. But we should probably move on to what are we currently playing? Oh, wait, you started talking about it. You said you were playing Salt and Sanctuary. We kind of drifted off. No, we did talk about Salt and Sanctuary. I talked about Salt and Sanctuary. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You already talked about that. Yeah. Sorry, we're going over our own little flow chart that we're just dancing around. This is why we need Ryan here. He keeps us on track. Well, man, I was on track. You you didn't talk about Star Tropics. You're I know. That's to... why I'm looking over it now. Um, I am currently playing Star Tropics still. Um, I haven't invested as much time into gaming as I used to. Uh, maybe it's a side effect of becoming an adult. It's maybe it's a side effect of just fucking playing games pretty much my entire life. And it's not that I'm not enjoying them. It's just there always feels like there's something else to be done. So I'm actually going to try to knuckle down and, and hammer out a schedule kind of like John does where I'm, <clears throat> pardon me, we're like an hour or two a night that I'm going to play a game. Um, because it is still a relaxing pastime for me, but star, far as star tropics, I'm now in the third cave at the third boss. Do you need me to beat it for you, James? Ah, uh, we fucking might, because this is, this one really kind of sucks. It's you want to tell the story of last week? Oh, no, no. I went back and beat it myself after you did. Oh, I know. But do you want to tell the story? What? The whole story of watching John have him do the same thing, which was try over and over until he finally killed the boss? I try over and over. I tried like three or four times. Yeah, three or four times. And then you saw me do it like ten times, and I finally got it. Yeah. Yeah, John mm -hmm. beat the the second boss, the, the octopus, 
technically for me, but not really, because as soon as he beat it, he watched me reset the game and go back and do it myself. Yeah, exactly. It just reminded me, because that was two times that week where I had beat... You know, the boss for Guma in Legend of Zelda 2 for my wife, and she was so excited. And then you're looking over there, and you're just getting pissed off. I'm like, well, why don't I try it? Never played Star Tropics, mind you, ever in my life. And you're just like, all right, fine, screw it. So I'm like, all right, okay, here's the pattern. All right, here, James. (laughs) That boss was the the octopus boss from the second second cave area. And to be honest, it really wasn't hard. I even told John, I was like, look, watch his pattern. It's just I was getting frustrated because I kept fucking up. Like, that one, his pattern was very easy. This boss, a little more annoying. And I'm going to have to look it up because I know there's some kind of trick to getting him where I can actually damage him. And I'm really hoping that by the time I figure out where the second switch is, it maybe just drops his ass in the lava and that's it. Because otherwise this fight is just going to suck so much. Well, you enjoy that, sir. Well, anyone who's played Star Tropics, it's the third boss that he looks like a, a lot like a little miniature volcano. And when you enter the room, there's these circles of fire just floating around each side of the room. And you have to jump on the platforms to find the switches to be able to lower these little bubbles um and that's what i'm currently working on. i've only made like three attempts at it it's pretty frustrating yeah i'll probably steer away from that one until i watch you actually play it um, see where you're messing up and then pick it up myself and beat it yeah i'm just gonna look up a youtube video on how to yeah, do it probably yeah. easiest way because um, uh, other than that it's a fun game uh well did you want to go over that other little piece of news i'm looking at right there or do you want to save that for me and ryan because we are going to have to record since i'm not going to be available next week yeah i guess i'll leave it to y'all i don't have a lot to say about it all right yeah he and i can discuss that well 40 minute mark you want to go ahead and discuss uh, our inflation deflation and our experiences absolutely so right. let's start with the one that we just played it was my first time playing it yep on so, your, uh, your super laggy tv yes on your retron it's much better on game boy though so we played tetris dx it was released in the united states on halloween in 1998 and uh this is actually on the game boy color and it's actually very fluid to play on the um on the game boy advance sp mm-hmm. or a game boy color controls are fantastic um i love the rotation system on it it does introduce several new forms of tetris at that point in time such as ultra mode mm-hmm. um it included a two-player mode as well so i remember in high school playing with friends and being able to connect with our link mm-hmm. cables and such and uh it also has a versus on cpu and even a 40 line mode as well so obviously trying to get the 40 lines mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a great game it time and time again i get always to 40 lines ha ha uh, yeah, yeah i think i think we end up you end up like 105 or something 127 yeah and i in the past have had like 230 yeah yeah it's it's crazy but uh, time and time again, I always go back to this version of Tetris. It's by far my favorite. Some people say it is the greatest Tetris actually ever released, um, which kind of brings in the question, you know, you have things like Tengen Tetris, mm-hmm. which is such a high-ass price point, but this game's only 14 bucks loose, and in my opinion, is much better than any other form of Tetris I have ever played on a console or even in an arcade. I'm still just like, holy shit, $14 for a Tetris game, really? And not like a brand new one, because Puyo Puyo Tetris is, uh, looked like it came down a little bit. That one, um, physical copies of it just dried up fairly quick. It's rather strange, because um, I kept waiting for the price to come down, and all of a sudden I was like, eh, fuck it, I'll just pull the trigger. Well, it's not in stock anywhere. I actually had to buy it off eBay uh, to yeah. get a physical copy. It was annoying. Um, do I think it's the best version ever? Well, before you answer, let's go through from what we've played. So we've played Tetris on the NES. Yep. Okay. Played Tetris on Game Boy, obviously. That played was Tetris. my first Tetris. Yep. Game Boy. Uh, we've played the Tengen version of Tetris. Mm-hmm. We've played it both on a console and in an arcade. Yep. Um, Which was played, pretty cool. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tetris Attack is a game that I've played in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently played in an arcade a Disney Tetris, which was weird as hell yeah i think it was like a japanese only release or something um i played that actually in um uh what's it called galloping ghost arcade when i was in chicago a few weeks back or a couple months back um we have played played, tetris 2 yep tetris 2 which i was gonna say whose name shall never be spoken again and then you've probably played tetris 99 i would imagine uh i have not i never got around to it actually yeah i didn't really feel like getting just shit uh curb stomped by a shitload of 99 other 98 other people playing tetris Cool concept, but holy shit. Uh, we played Poyo Poyo Tetris, obviously. That's uh, one of our current favorite pastimes. Uh, we have played the the Tetris and Dr. Mario and Super Nintendo version of Tetris, which is actually my favorite version. Um, I would say Tetris DX feels like a very tweaked 
little more upgraded version of the original Tetris on Game Boy. And I really mean that in a good way. Um, that, you know, it just feels better. Even the graphics are still pretty similar. Like, there's definitely a little bit more uh, pixels to them and things like that, but it still looks very much the same. Um, but I would say it definitely feels like a pure Tetris. I was actually joking with John earlier because he was saying it's the best Tetris ever. And I'm just like, no, Tetris on Windows 3.1 was the best version ever. Because uh, he used to get to play that in middle school whenever, you know, class hadn't started yet or we had a few minutes. You know, one of us found it on the classroom computer. And so we fucking fire that bitch up. Um, but I would say there are so many versions of Tetris out there that like I was saying earlier, like I'm sure you have the same one, like Tetris worlds on your Xbox and Tetris, whatever the hell on PS2. I know there's one or two and then Tetris there's a Tetris worlds, I think on PS2 as well. Yeah. There's just so many different combinations and versions of this game that I would say if you're looking for a pure Tetris experience, I think Tetris DX would be it. And the fact that it's going for $14 really says a lot of people must feel the same. Yeah. Um, reviews on that game i think are like nine plus out of ten. Oh, absolutely uh, consistently yeah. like they're pretty consistently high on that game in particular um i have spent many many hours playing that game that is like i said by far my favorite tetris game mm-hmm. you could put tetris one ten get in front of me random disney tetris tetris attack any different tetris you could throw it in front of me and i will always go back and say you know what I got to go back to the, the one true for me, the one true Tetris, right. which would be Tetris DX. It has that original feel, but it's got the music in my mind is much better. The overall like final when you complete X amount of oh, points, no, certain sir. things happen. What? Uh, you said the music is much better. I was like, there there is no dance of the sugar plum fairy. So I have to disagree. Yeah. Well, do, either way. Do, 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 um, butchering the hell out of that but yeah, uh, it's stuck in my head now yeah well regardless i mean that's that is one that <laughs> that is one that i've just truly truly enjoyed so in my mind when i look at that title i would say tetris dx for me is always a 10 out of 10 as far as tetrises are concerned um or in uh what's his face's name tetris so i would say a 10 out of 10 on my end i love the graphics on it i love the music uh, the gameplay is smooth controls are great um it's just even the ending pieces where you can have a little rocket shoot up or a bottle or you have a giant rocket that can goes up and doesn't fall down all, or doesn't go up all the way and it falls or it launches into space like there's crazy things that you get for hitting certain milestones in that mm-hmm. game I think the highest potential score you can get is 9,999,999. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my high score, uh, not on this one, years ago is about 550,000 on the Game Boy. And that was probably about six or seven years ago. I think my current cart has about 350, 360 mm-hmm. on there currently. Maybe a little higher. Um, but I would say at the $14 price point, um, it's a definite buy for me. I mean, it's I would buy it anytime at fourteen bucks. I think it's worth it at that cost. Uh, I'm gonna have to be that guy. Uh, for me, I would definitely give it a seven out of ten. I don't think it's. I would say it's probably gonna be the best version if you just want a pure Tetris experience, even compared to the Game Boy or the NES version, or even you know Tetris Doctor Mario on Super Nintendo. Um, but I do have to feel that there is definitely better, more definitive versions out there with you know just a lot of bells and whistles. But I'm also basing on the, that there's so many other versions with lots of other cool features like Tetris Gaiden, which is a Japan only one where you have. I did the, not like that one. <laughs> we couldn't figure out what the hell we were doing. But that one was cool that it had like the quirky characters and the special attacks and things like that, which Puyo Puyo does too. I just don't like the characters as much. Um, although Puyo Puyo Tetris is definitely fun. Well, I would say 7 out of 10. I would say. I don't think it should be $14 because it is just a Tetris game. And I hate saying it's just Tetris, but there are so many fucking versions of Tetris out there. It is insane. Now, um, grade it from this perspective then. From a mobile standpoint, not including Puyo Puyo because that's obviously a new game. We don't know whether mm-hmm. it's going to be down the road. From a mobile standpoint and the different versions of Tetris available on a Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy SP, where would you rank it from what you've played in the past? Well, I would definitely say it's better than the original Tetris on Game Boy, which actually came out before the NES version by a little bit. Um, 
eh, since I can't, since you won't let me take my Switch version, um, and I'm, I'm imagining we're not counting a Superboy or anything like that, so I can have a portable Super Nintendo game. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, fine. Um, so that leaves me with the options of basically Tetris, Tetris 2, <laughs> and, uh, and Tetris DX. I would have to choose Tetris DX by far. For sure. Yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Well, sounds good, man. Well, um, so you're obviously on the side of uh, deflated. So you would, mm-hmm. what price point would you pay for something like this? If I really wanted it, like I really wanted a physical copy of this game, I would go up to ten bucks. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. it's rare for me to even say fourteen, but that this game in particular does have a little more uh, history with me. For it, yeah, yeah, there's a lot more nostalgia for me on this game, so. I can I can see your price point ten bucks now. I think that copy I picked up for two fifty last year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, because I mean, even the yeah. seller's like, well, it's just Tetris, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. That'll like, be t- how you'll get your own copy attending a Tetris one day. The seller's gonna be like, yeah, whatever, it's Tetris, five bucks. You'll be like, John, you'll just see a fucking cloud, uh, a smoke cloud in the shape of what was John just running away with that shit at five bucks. Man, that has happened on so many occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Rule of Rose. <laughs> well, that one I had to brag a little bit to uh, one of the sellers out there. But, yeah, man, uh, as far as overall rating, it looks like you're at a 7 out of 10. I'd be on a 10 out of 10, so we can go ahead and say an 8.5 out of 10 for the Game Deflators podcast. Um, and, obviously, an average buy price of 12 on that end. Absolutely. too bad. Well. So, did we want to talk about or did we think of any gaming moments from our childhood or our adulthood that just blew our minds? Oh, man. Gaming moments that blew yeah. my mind as I can, a kid. Uh, I can on, lead by on. example. Of course, there was the, and this is funny because even John just learned about it earlier when I brought it up. The original Super Mario Brothers, you know, you'll run out of lives, you'll run out of continues. I didn't learn myself till I was an adult about two years ago that I believe it's up A or up select will actually just let you keep continuing at the world you left off on. But actually, the moment I was thinking about in particular was i remember coming home from a doctor's appointment and my sister had been playing super mario brothers she actually showed me the trick in uh was it world 3-1 where you actually got the two koopas coming down the stairs at the end she actually showed me the trick where you can actually just you know if you get the rhythm right stomp on the koopa shell and bounce it off the stairs repeatedly until you more or less get infinite one-ups and i did it to the point where you know it changes from numbers to numbers and letters to symbols and it will actually roll all the way back to zero if you keep going long enough Hmm. um that's actually how i beat the original super mario brothers i had so many freaking lives i just kept running through world eight four until i just happened to get the pattern right um but to actually see that happen i was just one stunned because it was my sister doing it she wasn't much of a video gamer and two just now that I think about it, it's probably the first time I ever saw a video game being exploited. You know, like she broke the game technically. And nowadays it's a well-known glitch that you can do it. Um, but to see that as a child for the first time and just, you know, watching her like point, point, all of a sudden just like one up, one up, one up, one up is like fucking awesome. It blew my mind. Yeah, that's one I've always wanted to do, especially I think for Lost Levels is a game. That oh, yeah, we tried that. so many times to do it on Lost Levels. It yeah. is really hard to get it right. Yeah. Um, so I will say, though... Uh, for me, my experiences, I probably got two. One of them was my cousin, when I was a kid, showing me for the first time ever on Super Mario Bros. 3, the ability to squat down on the gray and oh, the gray the block, cubes. Yeah. yeah, the gray blocks, and then being able to go They're behind white. the scenes and get the flute and then travel. So there was yep. that. And then obviously, um, when I was a kid, now this one I did discover on my own. Uh, I didn't obviously see anything, but uh, Mario Bros. Uh, 1, and I guess Lost Levels technically too. Mm-hmm. where you go into the um you know underground and you uh hit up you know oh, hit yourself up to the top yeah and you go through the ceiling you go across and you get through the warp pipes so those are two like holy crap like that just blew my mind when i was a kid like the ability to just say well i'm gonna beat the game now and of course when i was younger playing super mario bros 3 and getting to level eight or whatever it was and all the ships and everything attacking me with oh cans, yeah that was just so difficult when i was a kid so i never did beat it until probably in my my teen years i went back i'm like oh you know i've got it on the game boy i'll go ahead and play it now you know the uh the boats are in the the one stage where it's actually the the battleship that's in the water yeah if you get under there and just keep rapidly swimming you'll just swim right under the whole fucking yeah, thing no, that, yeah <laughs> i did find it out one time i was like well i guess i'll give this a shot too um god what was the other crazy moment i had growing up uh dude oh halo playing Halo 2, I think it was, and Blood Gulch, but 
it, when I or was it Halo 2 it might have been Halo 2 or 3 but the ability to super jump mm-hmm. so there was one ice level I can't remember the name of it but there was a trick where you pretty much during you know um, multiplayer matches you could squat in like this corner you'd go up to a ledge and you would just super jump on the corner and shoot you to the top of the level and as long as you had a sniper rifle you could sit there and <laughs> snipe people from the top of this level it was difficult to snipe people mm-hmm. but it was just funny because I mean you know it you had to get up there and you had to time it just perfectly to glitch out of it and, and super jumps at the top. And of course you had people shooting at you the entire time. So having to avoid that consistently dying, people saying like, why are you trying to super jump? And it's like, well, screw this. I, I don't care about the game. I just want to super jump and snipe from the top. So I'd probably get temp banned at this point in time. Um, <laughs> I've got uh, I got two more cause they're, they're one of them's really short and you actually just reminded me. And this is funny cause I don't see it ever talked about much, and it's probably because not a lot of people talk about this game, but Dragon Warrior 3 on the NES, uh, when I was a kid, I loved it. And I had this one summer where I was just like, I had shit else to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to max out my characters. I'm going to make all my characters into sages and all this other crazy shit. And at one point, I'm just like exploring every bit of the map. And I'll have to look it up, but I want to say it's outside the town of uh, Japang. Yeah, it was actually named Japan and it was oriented theme, you know, w- you know, wink, wink. There was um, this specific area you walk in and all of a sudden you find this fucking ghost ship, like this super secretive ghost ship, because the manual that comes in that game, which I think you have, it actually has maps for all the dungeons and shit to help you get through them. Um, oh, that's four I got over there. Yeah, and and in nowhere and no Nintendo Power anywhere did I ever see mention of this fucking this crazy ghost ship. They didn't have like a secret boss or anything. It was just this random place to explore. Um, that and the other one that I came across on accident as a kid, which is definitely documented on the internet now. And I had friends that just call, so were calling me a liar and everything. So I was like, here, I'll show you because I got it down to a science, mostly how to get it done. Was Final Fantasy VI. There is uh, two glitches you can pull off, one with Realm and uh, the Thieves Town of Zozo, where you actually have the certain members in your party and certain other criteria, but you would sketch some of the enemies called mechanics when they turn themselves invisible. And when you do it just right, it causes the game to just go ape shit, glitch out. Like you're still in the battle, but you'll have crazy shit like some of your characters will suddenly you know turn into fucking... Um, uh, General Leo Strago will have access to these uh, these spells he's not supposed to have yet. And But the coolest thing about it is that when you come out of the battle, you'll have all these crazy duplicated items. Like you'll have 255 dirks over and over and over in your item screen. All of a sudden you'll have a bunch of Excaliburs and all this other shit you're not supposed to have. And um, that was crazy cool. Just like stumbling across that as a kid and actually sitting there and doing it over and over until I figured out how... To do it, and I actually found that you, when you look it up on YouTube, you'll have a lot of people doing it to uh, Gaw when he comes back from uh, riding on a monster in the Veld. That's a lot harder to do than the other way, and it has a much higher potential of actually causing your game to, to lock up. But that shit just blew my mind when I was a kid. That was just like, holy shit, I literally broke the game, and now I get all these items I'm not supposed to have, and I can have infinite money now because I can just keep selling these things over and over, you know? <laughs> it kind of uh, reminds me of uh, playing StarCraft 1 and having all the different codes like Black Sheep Wall and everything <laughs> on there. So, uh, yeah, that, that, always, that just reminds me of that. A lot of fun. Um, God, man, that was probably one of the more mind-blowing moments as a, as a kid during my gaming years of doing StarCraft and finding all those cheats. And all mm-hmm. of us would just say, yeah, we're going to you know get infinite minerals and stuff for uh, supplies and we're just going to have infinite zerglings pretty much. And what we would pretty much do is build up our armies as large as we could. And we would launch <laughs> them at each other. fucking try to choke. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. It was absolutely crazy. I did actually one time. Um, so this is actually a funny moment. We were playing Red Alert 4, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... Or, or was it Command and Conquer? I don't remember. It was, well, it's Command and Conquer Red Alert. So it was Red Alert and it was on... God, what year was it? Probably... 2004 2005 it was a newer release at that point in time and uh, my buddy's my buddy justin's computer Mm -hmm. uh wasn't the best of computers but he had just enough memory and everything to play that game so (laughs) it it chugged along pretty decently but i feel like i could have just broken his computer that day so i basically wiped out this entire army 
And then the whole time he was like, well, let's build up. Let's try and like nuke him off the face of the earth. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So I built like all these different, you know, characters um, that had the ability to nuke and had all my different tanks that had nuclear weapon capabilities and such. And we're building up. And we're like, why aren't they attacking? This is the weirdest thing. Like, shouldn't they be periodically coming in and attacking us while we're building up? So I get this huge army and you just have these tank after tank after tank and military strikes and like all this stuff geared up and we're just chugging along and the computer's lagging <laughs> as it's going. So it's just like this slow pace of like choppiness. We finally get there. Smoke's coming out of the rear of the case. It's literally <laughs> one bunker. <laughs> it was one bunker and there was one soldier and he couldn't do anything. So there's just one bunker. I'm like, is this it? And he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, there's there were two armies initially. We didn't realize we had wiped out one of the armies already. Mm-hmm. So it's just this one army left. It was literally a bunker. And the game didn't think, well, there's a bunker in it. The game, you know, PC can't yeah. do anything. So we surround the entire thing. We literally set our troops to surround in a circle. And then we announce all of them to launch at once their nuclear strikes. <laughs> <laughs> so you already got this game that was struggling to keep up with just the movement. The second was military-grade weapons just struck down and these mushroom clouds came up, his computer just starts going on a fritz and it's like blinking and such and lagging through oh, the, uh, the actual game. It. Fantastic, dude. I That's one of my, I guess, a mind-blowing moment of playing a game as a kid. We used to do stuff like that. Uh, the game Fear, F-E-A-R. Um, had on the PC the the multiplayer version was called Fear Combat and it was 100% free like you didn't have to buy Fear he's like no just fuck it here download it and on top of that the uh, developers had made it very 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 mod friendly like extremely mod friendly there was actually a clan that uh, part of their clan webpage they actually made a, uh, a generator and what it was it would generate the text document that you needed to put into the initial file to change all these settings in the game such as the physics engine the gravity levels maximum amount of grenades and things like that you could carry so uh once i learned how to do that because you could also this was back when anybody could just host their own server for the game it was literally just like here fire up you want to be the server here you go you know and uh i remember just uh because the original fear one two three had these really great physics engines at the time like you literally had a gun i think it was called the uh the piercer or something like that you basically nail people to walls with it and shit it was awesome but i remember at least a few times i cranked up the maximum allowment of uh, proximity mines and things like that for the map and i also changed changed up the uh the blast radius for the grades which is cool because you do that you could say be on floor two and you notice a grenade went off because your screen's shaking on floor two or they're on floor one and like chairs are flying over the place but what we actually did one time was me and a buddy of mine at the time, his uh, screen name was Joker, like Joker 14 or something. We went and laid proxy mines as opposite team members throughout the place as literally like breadcrumbs throughout the place as far as we could until it literally just said, hey, you cannot lay anymore. So we're talking like 200 of them. And after we did that, we went onto the rooftop to get as far back as view as we could. And then we took out our guns and shot one of the mines and watched them go off like dominoes. And it was fucking hilarious because we're dead, but all of a sudden the game is chugging and the explosion is trying to render like this blooming silver bubble, like the ultimate spell in Final Fantasy. And it was just so much fucking fun to be able to do stuff like that. Yeah, my brother and I did that in Red Faction. So that game oh, had... Oh, yes. Yeah, I yeah. love that game. I wish they would have made more games like that where you could actually like destroy... Like tunnels with the rocket launcher. Exactly, yeah. man. Like, And the only thing that sucked about that is it was time. So like, yeah. you could play it a multiplayer, but it was time. So, yeah, drilling holes with the rocket launcher and getting up to the top and throwing <laughs> grenades and such and just launching and hitting people from the top but i was really good at that game man i could in the multiplayer mode kill at least 150 within the span time maybe 200 at times uh, so i was actually amazing at that game but um yeah i mean it reminds me of that we at one point took the mines that you could obviously have two of but we figured out hit two mm-hmm. kill one another lay two, kill one another we just uh-huh. kept doing it so we did the same deal we just had this chain of mines and obviously it's just my brother and i it's not multiplayer mm-hmm. at that point in time and yeah we would hit one for rocket launcher or just blow one up and just see the chain reaction of everything <laughs> blowing up and of course you you hit a point in time where it obviously didn't work anymore but mm-hmm. it was always a lot of fun to there was one particular level where we would dig a hole into the area and we just mined up the entire wall mm-hmm. and then one of us would sit outside of that area and when somebody came i'd say you know we'd say click it and it would just blow up the wall and the opponent that was running by <laughs> funniest thing man so yeah we used to have a lot of fun with that game 
Um, so similar, similar process. Mines everywhere and trying to destroy our games. Absolutely. Oh, well, I think we're about out of things to talk about. I don't want to ruin everything or take up everything that you and Ryan can discuss. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, man, I think we are good. We're going to have our recording. So for those of you that are going to be listening to this recording, I'll be out of town during our normal recording session. So Ryan and I are going to be recording uh, tomorrow, really, from our day of recording mm-hmm. today, which is, uh, what's today? Mother's Day, the 12th. So we'll be recording on May 13th tomorrow. And uh, so some of the news you might hear will be a week from now and, uh you know, it could be a little out of date, but we'll try to keep it as up to date as we can and probably keep more on the actual topic of gameplay and such. Uh, just kind of steer away from news per se. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's an FYI. But I don't have anything else to talk about. Sounds like you don't either. Nope. So, this has been John. This has been James. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators. We actually got that. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya.